The Cool Tools Show is brought to you by the Recruiting Daily Network. Hi, this is Craig. In June of this year, I got to sit down with Marcus Buckingham. His company provides performance management tools and training to organizations. He had just that day keynoted the Society for Human Resource Management annual conference. He's the author of several best-selling books and the new Standout 2.0, Assess Your Strengths, Find Your Edge, Win at Work, which is a very interesting book that deals with the philosophy of performance management that Marcus has very deep thoughts on. His answers to my questions are both entertaining and enlightening. I think you will enjoy this brief conversation with Marcus Buckingham. Cool Tools with Craig and Lars. We have got to first of all define, well, what is the product that the team leader uses? And the second thing you've got to define it, well, if that's the product, who's the buyer? And how much does it cost? And what does a pilot look like? And how do you start with lots of small yeses? Like all those questions. Get a lot of small yeses before you bump into your first no. So what I find is when I go speak at an event and there's lots of line-level people at the event, recruiters, say, not their managers necessarily, but the recruiters. Yeah. Maybe they're a team leader. They yeah. go back to management and say, I want some of this. Yeah. And so is it the same way with the team leader? Will they say, I want budget for this? I don't know whether or not team leaders have gone, oh, my word, I want to play Xbox with my team. Right. Um, what I do know is that we have in HR right now, as a discipline, we're worried that what we're doing is irrelevant to the real work of getting <laughs> stuff done with real people. Right. We're worried about that, and we're worried that our data sucks. Mm-hmm. We're deeply worried that our whole performance management force ranking system was wrong, which it was, and we're worried that just getting rid of ratings doesn't work, which it doesn't. So Motorola, Medtronic, Juniper, Adobe, Kelly Services, they're all putting ratings back in in some form or another because in the end you do have to decide what to do differentially with people. You do. So you can't just do that on hearsay alone. So we have a data problem. How do you actually measure performance when there's, I don't know whether you know, this is what I spoke about about this morning, but there's a 15-year body of research in academics which says that human beings are unreliable raters of other human beings. We can't rate someone else's skills and experiences. Right. It's called the idiosyncratic rater effect. If you aggregate the last 15 studies, you get a 61, 62% of my rating of you on performance, potential, strategic thinking, learning agility, managerial courage, whatever the competency is. 61% of it is a function of me, not of you. So it's basically if what I rate you on strategic thinking varies massively depending on what I define as strategic thinking, how much of it I have, and how tough a rater I am. And so that means that there's an idiosyncrasy to my rating of you. When I then go rate Maggie, the rating pattern should change, but it doesn't change. So all these rating systems are supposed to be windows into you, but they're not. They're mirrors, just me bouncing back at me. Peer scores don't work. No, completely. All peer ratings are a disaster for us in HR, Mm -hmm. all of them, when I rate you on something. Now, this is a big problem for us because all of the downstream actions that we take for our human capital, which is a huge amount of money, pay, promotion, training, development, they all depend on this rating number or series of rating numbers. All 360s depend on these rating numbers. And all the data's wrong. All the HR right now is a purveyor of spurious data. 
And I don't think if you've got 15 CHROs to stand up and talk about this at length, I don't think they could talk for 10 minutes on it. And yet deep down, all of our cousins, as it were, and the operating parts of our business suspect that our ratings data is bogus. They sort of know it's bogus. They can't articulate why. Mm -hmm. They just think it's rubbish. And it is rubbish. But you can't get rid of it. You can't get rid of ratings. So we've got this really interesting data problem, which is almost all of our people data points are bogus. We pay, promote, train, develop on bogus numbers. HR is the provider of the bogus numbers. And we still need numbers. So what do we do? That's a really thorny problem. As it happens, there is a super reliable, fast and cheap solve to that problem. It's one of those really rare occasions where there's a better data, cheaper, faster solution. Which if you wanted to learn about it, it, we wrote about it in the HBR piece in April. And the performance, if you wanted to see the performance pulse, it's it's kind of, very quickly, you can never remove the subjectivity of a rater. You can't do that. It doesn't matter how you get a nine-point scale or a five-point scale. You can't do it. You can... So, so subjectivity is inherent in the system. So instead of saying, well try, well, try and make team leaders perfectly objective measurers of somebody else, instead, we'll say, you know what the organization wants? They don't need to know exactly what your performance is. They just need to know what to do with you. Do I promote you? So instead, I should ask the team leader, just what would you do? Mm-hmm. What would I? But it turns out when you ask someone to rate their own intended actions, they're actually they're reliable raters of their own intended actions. So the, the problem moves from saying, how do you remove my subjectivity to how do we measure my subjectivity reliably? And then we can aggregate it. If you keep asking me, the team leader, the company keeps asking me, what, every, would, you what would you do? Every quarter, what would you do? What would you, we can aggregate that data. We don't have to do what I would do. It's like looking at a Facebook like and going, well, we don't have to agree that 70,000 people like it. We, we, we may hate it, but we now know 70,000 people say they like it. In this case, you're just simply asking a few questions of what the team leader would do with the team member, whether it's on a project team or any team. We can then aggregate that data, very few data points, no competency models at all. Just would you promote them today, for example, is a great question. If you ask that four times a year, you don't need to have someone rate someone else on promotability, just some abstraction. Would you promote them today if you could, yes or no? That's a great data point. You aggregate that, now somehow, now suddenly rather, we've got this really reliable data source and then we can have all sorts of conversations we want about what to do with you. But that's a totally, going from data to the conversation is a massive flip from what we do now, where we go from the conversation to the data. So We've got it all backwards. How do you productize that? Well, funny you should ask. Wow. Um, we've chosen to do it in two ways. One is we've said um, we will build a technology toolkit for a team leader. We will. And that toolkit will have both functionality in it, so it can deploy a survey, it can measure a strength, it can help you build a team and disband a team. It can help you have that on your phone. So it has functionality in the toolkit, and it has content in the toolkit. The first piece of content is a strengths assessment. Everyone getting onto this toolkit has to take a strengths assessment so that we can calibrate all of the content to fit your strengths. So the, the, now the system's front door is like a personalization tool. Did you design this? Yeah. So well, well. So I started with this. Right. I was like, oh. And then you get to partner with super smart people like JC, like Jason, like da, 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 and all the engineers who work for us and the product folks. And you end up building like, because I'm not a software person. I'm a content person and a researcher. 
But I'm also serving an audience that has these now all of a sudden. So that, then you go, oh gosh, you need a partner. Talk about lessons for your business. You go, you better know where you're an A plus and you better know where you're a B minus. I mean, maybe the most important thing for you to know in business. Where are you gobsmackingly excellent and where are you alarmingly average? So if we're going to do this thing of serving team leaders with an integrated solution of content and tech functionality, you better have great content makers and great tech builders and they better work together beautifully. So that's in terms of productizing it. First of all, you build that, in a sense, twin toolkits, tech functionality and embedded content. And then, of course, you go, you know, but that's never going to be just the answer. You're going to want to educate as well as equip. So, and that's where I came from. So education and coaching, one-size-fits-one, strengths-based learning. And you go into companies and you go, look, we got two things. we got great learning and we've got great technology with embedded content in it. Do you want to buy that? This is a subscription and this is a Chinese menu. So a consulting fee and a subscription-based software. In a sense, consult. yes, although the consulting is where you would call it as consulting. We would call it as a... Training. Training. Yeah. And the coaching, like with Facebook, we do a 1,000 coaching engagements a year with Facebook. So you could sort of subscriptionize that. Yeah. And it's not quite consulting, but we have a bunch of very carefully selected strengths-based coaches, yep. and they do phone coaching. Mm-hmm. To, WebEx. Uh, we, don't do, we don't want to do visual. We want to do... We might move to some video, but video actually throws... There's People an argument. stop paying attention. Yeah, yeah, it's a little different. Agreed. Phone is like you're just listening to words. That's good. So yes, basically, you'll do either consulting or a per-webinar or per-coaching gig. Chris and then Brogan do... does that too, by the way. Does he? Just the phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's good. wisdom to that. So how, how painful is it to assess yourself first as the company? Where are my strengths? Where are... Right, where are we just average? And how do we then go say to SurveyMonkey, we'd like, like access to your engineers and some money, and here's where we're great. Well, here's the, so it's hard, but it really is clarifying when you decide who you're serving. Mm-hmm. So if you're serving the team leader, that means I'm not going to build X. Right. I'm going to build Y. Second, uh, you have to decide what your unique value proposition is. And we've decided that our unique value proposition is integration of content and tech. It's like where, and this is, I I realize how hubristic this sounds, but Apple is a beautiful integration of content and tech functionality, where the design, as Steve Jobs famously said, is from the inside out. We're trying to build a piece of, one part of our offering, of course, is a piece of technology on here that should have content be integrated into what it can do. This isn't a bunch of barren software with a bunch of empty fields that happen to be in a relational database. This is, you know what we're going to start with? We're going to start with a strengths assessment that will mean that everybody's content that they get from this platform will be different. I'm sorry if that buggers everything up, but we're going to start that way because that's what the best team leaders do. So we're going to take design and do it from the inside out, from content that, like when you design a survey, like an engagement survey, Yes, we should be able to build a team and deploy the survey to the team and get the data back right away. Okay. But then actually, that doesn't, that's half the story. We're not measuring engagement to measure it. We're measuring it so that the team leader can do something about it. So that means if we know what the strengths of the team leader is and that they've then deployed the survey to their team, 
it ought to come all the way around to a finished thought, and we ought to be able to give the team leader content on what they can do with the results of their survey that is customized to their results and to their strengths. Like, we should be able to finish that thought in a way that's super coherent for the team leader, where they go, oh, you told me what to do based upon me. So, well, that, so it's the analysis as well. It's the analysis, it's the customized analysis to the particular team leader. So we know the strengths of the team leader, we know what the feeling is, is the people being led, we should finish the thought, which we can do now, these days, with this thing, right? So we've decided that integration of, of content, point of view, if you like, of, of strengths-based point of view-ness mm -hmm. with the tech functionality is our unique value. Now, organizationally, that's our biggest challenge. That's why we haven't hired any engineers from SurveyMonkey, because our tech people and our product people and our content people have got to be doing this all the time. And if we get, oh, we'll outsource right. engineering. Then they don't get it. They don't, they don't get it. And then so the decisions you make, I mean, we're finishing right now our watch app, right? There are so many little baby decisions about where do I bump into which piece of content, when, why? That you can't do this. So all your if then then that statements. All of that are a nightmare. And they're just it's tiny little nightmare stuff, right? It's like, well, how many pieces of video should you see right then? If we're going to use this to kind of get you educated, what's the piece of video you should see right then? Well, should it have that icon or this icon? Should you have two pieces of video? Well, it's built for two pieces of video. We only want one piece of video because it's too much. Like it's that. Who do you assign to research that? Well, I don't assign it. There's a wonderful quote from um, Antoine de Saint Exupéry who said, when you wonder, if you want to have people build a boat, you don't give them the, I'm going to get this butchered slightly wrong, but <laughs> you don't give them the nails and the timber and the design. You get them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. They'll build the boat. Mm -hmm. So here, we've got to get people to yearn for an agile team leader focused tool that's based on really good data. Mm. Now, if you get everyone in the company to yearn for that, then my head of product will talk to my head of content who will talk to my head of customer experience, and they will, they will iterate. Are they doing that perfectly right now? No. Are they keeping striving to be ever more perfect? Yes. Is our product perfect? No. Is it getting better every week as we think of, oh my God, they do this, they bump into that like that? Yes. Is it super exciting? Yes. That's cool. So, all right, one last question. Yeah. Um, as customers are coming into this and you're getting through the... Uh, small yeses to get to the big yes, and you're having these courage conversations. Are they coming to you and saying, I really want it to do this? And are you then saying, okay, we'll do that? There are a couple of, I'll give you one example. Accenture uses this, right? And they have taken, they've done a, a brilliant thing where they've interviewed 200, 300 of their leaders on video, sliced the videos up into little chunks, gave them the standout strengths assessment so we can tag all of the practices by each person's strengths. And this, they've then embedded, like now it's like six, 700 pieces of video of just leaders talking about what they do, the tacit knowledge of leading at Accenture that is custom to Accenture. And they've used this platform to, um, to then, because we now know the strengths of everybody coming in, we can then drip you once a week. We can do custom content delivery, little bite-sized drips of leaders like you at Accenture, which otherwise would have just walked out the door. Okay, that's so cool, because they're in 170 countries. Right. They came to us and said, uh, in your mobile iOS, we, we, want, we want people to now be self-driven consumers. So if they wanted to go through the library of all of those content, we want them to be able to scroll through the library. And we said, well, initially, we're just building it to drip out in a customized learning pulse, but 
it's a pulse that gets dripped to you every week. Mm-hmm. That's what we're building in core functionality. And they went, yeah, but actually, people, our data show, and your data show, that people are scrolling through the library and just going, oh, I want to see that, oh, I want to see that. Um, and so, in answer to your question, there is clearly a design roadmap in mind. That's some massively urgent things that we got to build. But then there are big clients going, yeah, but we actually want user-driven scrolling capability of this video content. Do we listen to them? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If it's Accenture, sure. Yeah, if it's Accenture, you listen. <laughs> if it's Facebook, you listen. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to do that in a way that screams partnership with our clients. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we're a SaaS model. So you've got one code base you're supporting. Mm-hmm. You, you can't build a bunch of dead code that, you, well, you know, you can't do that. So we've got to have our features be what we can support conceptually and practically. And by the way, Accenture wants that too. They do not want a bunch of custom code that we can't support. I mean, they might want it tomorrow, but they won't want it three weeks from now because then we won't be able to support it. As long as they don't want it for the same price that they could have gotten the standard package, it uh, probably ends up okay. Yeah, and there's you know every client you're going to negotiate and work it through sure. and so forth. But we are lucky that we've had great long-standing, like Hilton is a long-standing client relationship of ours in the education space. Yeah. So when we move in the technology space... And they go, we want this. Okay, we're going to listen really hard to that. At the same time, we are trying to change an entire market to be team leader focused and reliably database-based. We have to stay true to that. It sounds weird. But regardless of what Hilton wants, yeah. we have to stay true to who we're trying to serve. That, frankly, will be our integration's our greatest challenge. Serving as many people in this marketplace as possible while ensuring that every client feels special is probably the second most challenging thing. Contract by contract, relationship by relationship. That's great. I love it. Cheers. Yeah. Production services for The Cool Tools Show with Craig and Lars provided by Total Picture.